0: hello hello what is up everyone today we are going to be talking about the infamous lady in black that haunts the waters around boston on george's island slash fort warren i guess i should say what this podcast is and introduce myself before we get into it hello this is the new england gothic and i am your host kate ford so okay lady in black I did grow up in the area. I do recall hearing that the islands in Boston Harbor were haunted, but I forgot all about all of these ghost stories until really recently. A friend of mine suggested that I cover this after he told me about his chaotic, feral childhood experiences on George's Island. You know, back in the day when kids were just allowed to run around an abandoned military fort unsupervised. It was a different time. So he told me about how, you know, they'd scare each other, they'd be running around the forts at night, and apparently they did have a few paranormal experiences or some sort of experiences they couldn't explain. So whether or not that was young kids messing with each other and getting in each other's heads or something real... Because these kids were not the only ones to experience paranormal on Fort Warren. In fact, police officers and MIT professors have reported paranormal happenings. It seems I'm getting ahead of myself here. So let's circle it on back to... Let me just set the scene. Okay, so Fort Warren. This was built about 200 years ago. It is a large expanse of ground that is on top of George's Island. So that, again, is outside of Boston. This... Fort was built around the American Civil War as a part of the Seacoast's defense strategy. This structure was built after Joseph Warren, who famously was the person to enlist Paul Revere and send him out on his iconic, the British are coming, horse ride. I think it was a horse ride. I don't know. Sorry. So Joseph Warren was the leader of the Boston's Patriots at the time, not the sports team. That's Tom Brady. Just kidding. Wait, he's not on the Patriots anymore. I don't know. I don't pay attention. Anyway, so this is an original Patriot, not Tom Brady. Okay, I need to stop with the jokes. So he dies during the Battle of Bunker Hill in North Carolina. But anyway, so Fort Warren is named after Joseph Warren. So this fort was very important during the Civil War as a training camp and a prison for the Confederate soldiers and also civilians. Not great. A... Pretty famous, probably the most famous inmate of Fort Warren was the Confederate Vice President Alexander H. Stevens, and he was kept there after the war's end from May to October 1865. So let's get to the folklore now. According to the legend, a tragic event takes place in 1862 when a southern woman makes a reckless attempt to free her newlywed husband a confederate officer who is imprisoned within the walls of the fort the story goes something like this a young confederate officer identified in some versions um, as lieutenant andrew linier or others as samuel linier so we've got mr Lanier here He's captured early in the war and becomes one of the many Confederate soldiers imprisoned at Fort Warren. He was allegedly taken prisoner along with a large number of troops at Roanoke in North Carolina, but the island was not taken until General Ambrose Burnside takes it in February 1862. So Lanier, Lanier, I'm not sure. He manages to get a letter to his young bride, Melanie, whom he had just married, informing her of the dreadful news that he's now imprisoned in Boston. And the brave Melanie, who, depending on which version you read, was either from South Carolina or Georgia, she just immediately gets on a boat to Hull, Massachusetts. Shout out to Hull. I grew up very close to Hull. I spent many a chaotic summer days at Nantasket Beach. If you know, you know. Actually, speaking of Hull and haunted military forts, Fort Revere is there. Crazy backstory. I will definitely be covering that. So the devoted and the devout Melanie, somehow, you know, she's landed in Hull. She finds a Confederate sympathizer and takes shelter with this family and begins to plot her husband's escape. Somehow she communicated her plans to her husband within the fort and on a prearranged night rode across the mile of water separating Hull from George's Island, dressed as a man. Under the cover of darkness, she makes her way to their predetermined spot along the Corridor of Dungeons. Band name idea, anybody? And she whistles their signal, a popular Confederate tune. So upon hearing this signal, the prisoners inside supposedly lower a rope and pull Mrs. Lanier up and apparently she was a very tiny, and she manages to squeeze through a rifle slit and into the prison block. So she must be very teeny tiny. Seriously, I don't really know how big a rifle slit is, but I am also 5'9", so I'm assuming that that could never be me. Anywho. So she makes it into the prison block. She's disguised as a man. So no one is suspicious and she is reunited with her husband. They have an emotional reunion and the prisoners plus the husband and wife set their plan. They just, they go about their plan. So their plan was to dig a big tunnel beneath the parade ground of the fort up to the arsenal. Once inside and armed, they would take the garrison by storm, surprise them and escape. But unfortunately, their digging was not really well planned, and they tunneled a little too close to one of the casemate walls. A soldier on duty hears the digging and discovers the escape attempt. In the pandemonium, supposedly a riot ensues. Melanie Lanier fires a pistol at one of the Union soldiers. Some say it was the commander, but something goes wrong. Either like her aim was off, it backfired, it exploded, or someone was shooting at the same time. But either way, in all the chaos, her husband is killed. Most versions of the story say that it was her fault, like she accidentally fired at him. But you know, she's absolutely inconsolable. She just made this trek from the south went through all of this, disguised herself to save her husband, and now he's dead due to her own mistake. Unbelievable. So, of course, she's sentenced to death as a spy and for treason or whatever. So she's sentenced to hang. Before she is executed, she does have one last request. She wishes to end her life not in man's clothing, but in, like, proper women's clothing. So, of course, this is a military fort. They're not going to have any gowns readily available for her. So, there are a few versions of the story here. One version said that they were able to find a black dress used for theatrical productions that were put on at the fort. Someone said she was given black monk's robes. And another version says that they just dressed her in an officer's black cloak. But either way, she's wearing all black, and that is what she's wearing when she was hung. Or hanged. Think it's hanged. So the devoted wife meets her untimely end, draped in black clothing, and she's buried on the grounds. The end. Or is it? Obviously, it's not the end, because we're here right now. After her death, many soldiers apparently claim to see a woman dressed in black appear and disappear all over the fort, including the Corridor of Dungeons. Sorry, it sounds so metal. So they can hear her voice all over the Corridor of Dungeons, soldiers playing poker and hanging out. They'll see stones rolling unexplainably across the room. There's footprints they can't explain. Just... You know, coming in and out of nowhere. And soldiers, according to tradition, were even court-martialed for shooting at a Phantom in Black, and one was brought up on charges for fleeing his post because he claimed he was chased by a Lady in Black. Rumors and sightings and talk of the Lady in Black obviously continued up until present day, or at least the 80s and 90s when my friends were growing up and hearing stories about her on the island. But here's the thing. Is there any truth at all in this very famous urban legend? Because most legends are rooted in some truth. So let's take a look. Here's the thing. There isn't even record of a shot being fired on Fort Warren. How could that be so? How could there be absolutely no no truth to this at all? Let's Let's explore this a little bit deeper, okay? So... An author, photographer, and artist named Jay Schmidt wrote an excellent history of the fort in 2003 entitled Fort Warren, New England's Most Historic Civil War Site. The first subject he does take up is, you know, he addresses the legend of the Lady in Black. So Schmidt points out that no one was really speaking, writing, recording anything about the Lady in Black until a famous historian named Edward Rowe Snow did. So Snow was a prolific author at the time of books on New England maritime history and folklore, and he wrote about the Lady in Black in his 1944 book, The Romance of Boston Bay. And he used this story with tour groups throughout the fort and, you know, completed that with costumes and actors. And I've definitely worked for a a haunted history tour guide company before. And let me tell you, it is chaotic and interesting and it seems like they were just doing the 1940s version of it in snow's version of the story it's pretty much the same as i just detailed to you today it's kind of what is the most repeated story so when he talks about the lady in black schmidt notes that no other historian ever did and there's no sources So Schmidt himself goes to try and find these sources to kind of verify what actually happened. And he could not find anything, absolutely nothing. There is no mention of a woman being hung at Fort Warren. There are no spies at Fort Warren. The only woman executed during or in the wake of the Civil War at all was Mary Surratt for her role in the conspiracy to assassinate President Lincoln. So surely if a woman was executed in Boston in 1862, it would have at least made the local paper, but there is no records, no mention at all. So it seems that the earliest mention at all in history of the Lady in Black of Fort Warren is, drumroll please, the book Snow wrote in 1944, So it really seems like this historian came up with his own legend. Obviously, you know, it's romantic. You have this like tragic love story ending so violently and horribly and now there's a ghost and now he can dress people up and sell a tour and sell a book. It makes sense. It's fun, you know? I mean, things like this can be fun. I think it's fun at least. But yeah, there's absolutely no record of anything even remotely close to the Lanier story happening, so that's really interesting that this is one of those folk tales that really just exploded based off of someone's imagination completely. So yes, the Lady in Black may not be real, but the paranormal activity that is reported here apparently is, because there have been sightings up until this day that cannot be explained. Like I mentioned, it could be people just, you know, imagining things because of the rumors, but reputable authorities like MIT researchers, military personnel, even police officers, they've all had encounters on the grounds of Fort Warren and George's Island over the last 40 years. So who knows? There could be something haunting the grounds of Fort Warren. Military forts are pretty creepy, Fort Warren was decommissioned in the 50s. It is like public recreational land at this point. Like I mentioned earlier, this is kind of my theory. Okay. So like I mentioned earlier, Fort Revere in Hull, right? I spent a lot of time there in my childhood. It is so creepy and it is also rumored to be haunted. I might dig into that story a little bit on another time because it does have Another really dark rumor attached to it, sort of similar to Lady in Black. But I can see really easily how people could feel like they're experiencing the supernatural, especially when you're in these abandoned military forts at night. Just the amount of weird echoes and gushes of wind and just general weird vibes in general. I mean, I'm assuming a Confederate military prison probably doesn't have great vibes either way. I don't know, I keep saying vibes. Like, hey, what are your credentials? I don't know, man. Just vibes. Anyway, Boston is full of dark history, ghosts, weird shit in general. I think that's probably why I'm so into it. And I feel like a lot of spooky podcasters are coming out of this area because it's just like in our blood, man. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Just ignore, ignore the character that it's like coming out right now. I don't, I don't know who she is. I'm just feeling it out. Anyway, thank you all for joining me today on the New England Gothic. Thank you for bearing with me as I get this podcast figured out. This is my third episode. I notoriously don't make it past episode three on any of my projects, so... I'm going to immediately record episode four after this. We are breaking the cycle. This podcast is going to come out hopefully weekly. And hopefully by the time I release this, I am on TikTok as Creepy Caitlin. So if you have any requests, recommendations, anything like that, anything you want to say, definitely find me there. The podcast has an email. It is the New England Gothic at gmail.com. I'm always looking for recommendations on like Anything, I want the most obscure stories out of New England. And what else? What else do I have to say? If you like what you hear, definitely help me out by sharing, liking, commenting. This is so fun for me. I love to bring these stories to you all. If you like this and you didn't find me from TikTok, definitely check out my TikTok because I visit a lot of these places and kind of do like video content over there. I don't know. Should I tease what's happening next week? I don't know. I'm just figuring this all out. So yeah, we'll see you next time on the New England Gothic.